Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I am so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Before we start this episode, I just want to tell you quickly about my new Aware Parenting Teenagers course. This course is now available on my website and I've designed it to support parents to explore the theory and practice of aware parenting and how it applies specifically to parenting in the teenage years. It is an in-depth journey into how this amazing life-changing approach helps us to develop these beautiful, close and healthy relationships with our teens. So whether you're new to aware parenting or have been practicing this in your family for some time, This deeply supportive course will guide you to have more ease and connection and fun in parenting your teens. It is a self-paced study course with live rounds regularly throughout the year. Now, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm really delighted to have Abby Stanbrook on the call. Thank you so much for coming in and taking time to talk to us today. Thanks, Joss. I'm looking forward to it. So Abby is an aware parenting instructor as well as a somatic wellness practitioner. She has passions for somatic wellness, aware parenting, nervous system balance and integration. She experienced many physical and emotional side effects from trauma herself during the birth of her children and has been able to find a way to weave together these beautiful different modalities to support herself and to support her children too with aware parenting and reparenting herself. She has been aware parenting and somatic wellness coaching via her somatic circle facilitations in individual coaching sessions online and in-person courses and guest speaking at events. So welcome to the show. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the different modalities that you bring to your coaching and and how we weave them together. So I just want to say at the beginning that some of the things we will be speaking about in this episode will be aware parenting and some of them will be more about somatic wellness and so on. So welcome to the show and thank you. I'm really interested to dive in. Could you start off by telling us a bit about how you discovered aware parenting and what it was about it that really spoke to you? Yeah, sure. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Aware parenting began for me when my second child was two months old. I was in a bit of a bad way in physiological terms. I was under a lot of stress. I just had a C-section, which was my second surgical birth that I didn't expect, nor did I want. And my my marriage was under lots of strain. I felt really disconnected from my two-year-old son at the time as well. And I basically was whirling on the inside. This is how I kind of explain it and remember it. Like my inside was whirling. And I'm just slowing down as I speak about this intentionally. And on the outside, I looked like I was coping in some ways. And even my closest, like my nearest and dearest, like my husband at the time or my identical twin sister, I couldn't verbalize what I was feeling in terms of this 
whirling inside, this twisting and turning and very dis- discomfort, quite painful emotionally I think it was, yet on the outside I was fine. I couldn't really ask for help. I couldn't really identify with language and you know, there was a there's quite a lot of backstory to that too, in the sense of I used to be a nurse and I believe I had medical trauma just from things that I'd witnessed and working in the medical field as well. So having those experiences myself uh, with the surgery and then being in hospital and things like that all came up and out, I guess, at the time. And then so when my daughter Maisie, she was two months old. I was on a beautiful parenting supportive network on Facebook and it was attachment parenting, which I was keen on and I'd done as much as I could as well with my son when he was born and throughout his life, he was two years old. And then I remember um, on the, you know, one of the chat threads, someone spoke about hand-in-hand parenting, which is by um, the founder is Patty Whipfler, who Patty Whipfler and Aletha Salter uh, kind of old colleagues, I believe. But um, Hand in Hand Parenting spoke to me. I read about, they call it Stay Listening, which is similar to Aware Parenting's uh, Listening in Arms for Babies and Children. And there's a lot of attachment play, uh, which is called Play Listening in Hand in Hand Parenting. And there's a major factor too of getting resourced as a parent in terms of getting emotional, holding and listening for yourself to complete a survival and stress energies and emotional energies. And then you thus have the capacity to do that for your ch- children or babies. So when I found Hand in Hand Parenting, I started it straight away. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've seen this in my experience with my nieces and nephews, with children in the hospital that I've looked after, with adults in the hospital that I've looked after, like so many things just like my brain just went, zoop, 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 zoop. this is this is my path. This is for me. And since then, I or since finding hand in hand parenting, then I found uh, aware parenting. And Lael Stone and Marion Rose were two of the kind of leaders at the time, especially in Australia, with aware parenting. And I realised that I could potentially even become an instructor in aware parenting, and that was very accessible and very easy for me and very flowing. And I loved Aletha's books as well. I read them and I sucked them up um, delightedly and started the process with me and my children of reparenting myself and reparenting them. And also really reflecting on a lot of the things that I had done. So my son was two and a bit. And my daughter was two months old and really reflecting on a lot of the attachment play that I'd already done with him, particularly because he was at that age. You know, I used to do concerts in the kitchen for him and, you know, we'd laugh and laugh and laugh and we had beautiful, beautiful connection. I felt like even with the birth trauma that we had, I felt a beautiful, deep uh, connection and attunement with him and my daughter as well. But I just wanted to note that even if you come into aware parenting or, you know, whatever you like to call it, conscious parenting, when your children are older, it is nice to remember what you have already done and what you have already experienced um, because it can also, conversely, be easy to go, oh, my gosh, I feel so shit that I didn't do X, Y, Z 
at the time. So, and and those feelings are very valid too. And I acknowledge those and I have done a lot of completion of those, but I also loved the singing and dancing, the <laughs> absolute like hilarity that we had as well, which, you know, and then there was a whole more beautiful layers of the con- deep connection by listening and by holding, holding the faith that uh, my children would find their own way through this expression and they would come to their own balance and seeing it and observing it and witnessing it. Like I'm getting full body tingles just talking about it again. I love it because I observe and I still to this day observe their intuition and their instinct and their ability to move on. Like the embodied child is just incredible. (laughs) They would just either fall asleep or move on and go and have something to eat or laugh in between crying or (laughs) bring up this memory or this thing that I'd been talking about to my listening partner or something that they didn't know but the 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 energy in the field was there so they'd be like oh mum you know I can't even remember now so many times so many instances where they'd be very very intuitive as to my energy and my energy field yeah that's a long summary of how I came to aware parenting. It's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that story. And I, I really appreciate the fact as well that you acknowledge Patty Whitfler and hand-in-hand parenting because they do go together so well, hand-in-hand parenting and aware parenting. And I learned a lot from Patty Whitfler as well. And often we borrow terms from hand-in-hand. We don't always acknowledge them. So yeah. like special time, I say a lot and that kind of thing. So it was really nice that you brought her up. But I really heard in your story so much about how difficult and traumatic it often is becoming parents and the birth process often being not what we want and not what we not what we imagine it's going to be and that we come from this place of attachment parenting because we really want that closeness and all of that yummy stuff around long-term breastfeeding and co-sleeping and all those kind of things and yet we get to a stage where we find so much is coming up for us from our past and we're exhausted and not really meeting the needs of our children And so often we have this uh, sense of being really exhausted and overwhelmed and trying to put on this face of of the fact that we're still coping and everything's okay. And I Mm -hmm. loved what you were saying about how learning about hand in hand initially and then in aware parenting too, this sense of prioritizing our needs to get resourced as parents so that we can support ourselves, so that we can heal and so that we can then support our children. And the other thing I really loved about what you were saying is how often when we come to aware parenting, when our children are a little bit older and we have that tendency to perhaps judge ourselves or to feel sad that we didn't learn about it sooner and all of those kind of things, which are totally you know, valid feelings that often we experience. But I love that perspective as well about remembering all of the needs that we were meeting for them through playing and through practicing classical attachment parenting. So much of aware parenting is is represented in that too. So I, I liked that reminder. And I loved what you were saying about that deep connection that we get to our children when we listen to their feelings and when we witness the power of, of that process and we observe their their instincts and their intuition at work and that supports us so beautifully to trust so that was something that I also really love about parenting in this way thank you for sharing that is there anything else you want to say about that thank you I just I did have a little thought that came into my head as you were talking particularly around the attachment parenting field and area 
And because I experienced a birth process that isn't classically attachment parenting, I had a very long time of lots of emotions, lots of physiology around even the topic of birth. And I'll just slow this down again because I can still feel it present in my body even though it's changed now. But I really just want to speak to parents out there whose maybe pregnancy or birth or postpartum time wasn't what they expected or was very disappointing or traumatic or stressful and just really the absolute faith and admiration I have for humans to adapt. Okay, so what I mean by that is maybe we didn't get a chance to breastfeed, which I did and I'm truly grateful for and I had a beautiful breastfeeding journey, but the birthing process was definitely not what I wanted and I had I've had lots of therapy I've had loads of like healing time so I am in a different space about it but I just would like to instill some hope and encouragement and courage and resiliency that you can repair those wounds if they are wounds for you or that stress or that trauma and attachment parenting while it is a huge part of aware parenting the adaptability we have as humans is just absolutely awe-inspiring to me like I could cry with the awe I have at our beautiful flexible neuroplastic minds and bodies and I'm reminded too of a little while ago I heard a story there's a bit of a metaphor story that talks about a butterfly emerging from the cocoon And if you interrupt the butterfly as it's emerging from the cocoon, then the butterfly then dies because you've interrupted its kind of rebirthing process and it doesn't get to to strengthen its body or it doesn't get to squeeze out of the cocoon. And when I first heard that, I was like, oh, my God, you know, I had some really uncomfortable feelings in my body because I was like, well, that's just like birth, you know. The ideal way is to be kind of squeezed out the birth canal and have that beautiful seeding of the biome and all the lovely physiological things that happen in birth and I know like I just feel so grounded and rooted in my uh, experience that I've had that we can heal or our babies as well and children can heal from an interrupted process and it's not a case of it's not a case of well that happened like too bad too sad kind of thing it's like Yes, that happened, but humans are, like I really want to swear, but effing amazing and we will rebirth and we will we can repair and we can create experiences and actually like change and transform those stories mm-hmm. in themselves. So that's just what came to me. <laughs> that's so beautiful. No, I really loved hearing that and I think it's really important, especially when we're talking to often mothers of younger children that we normalise the fact that so many of us do have a really stressful time around pregnancy or birth or that postpartum period. And so many of us do experience stress and trauma and have lots of feelings about that and don't have many opportunities to share that, don't have many places where people want to hear our stories. And yet sharing our stories and being heard and, and receiving that kind of acknowledgement and listening from other people around what's happened to us is so incredibly healing. And you're talking about the resilience of the human spirit, really, aren't you? And when we are receiving this healing and listening from others, 
it is so easy for us to to transform the power of these stories into something that is incredibly positive. And I really love as well what it teaches us about learning to be really compassionate to ourselves and not judging ourselves and instead to be really embracing the uniqueness of all of us and and the journeys that we're having in our families rather than comparing ourselves to others or how we wanted it to be. So it's like that dual thing of of listening to feelings and also you know, changing, changing the story, changing the beliefs that come from these experiences. And I think that's, that's such a powerful part of aware parenting too. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Beautiful. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, as we're talking about this, about healing, and obviously that's such an important part of you, for you about reparenting. How did you find yourself on this journey of, of reparenting yourself and discovering the, the importance for you of this sort of somatic aspect for you and your healing and uh, how's that process been for you? Absolutely phenomenal. I started a listening partnership uh, quite early on, you know, a listening partnership being the term from hand in hand or, you know, Marion Rose tends to call them empathy buddy or support person. And I found that being, that there's so many facets and layers to it. So knowing for one, when I found out that crying actually can be a healing process in itself just knowing that information flicked my belief on crying and I found it then to be quite healing and um, helpful and noticed how I felt afterwards in terms of balance and lighter or physiological effects after crying like blood flowing and deeper breaths and things like that and talking about breathing as well when I started listening partnerships and aware parenting, I not long after realised my asthma had healed that I had for 35 years prior to that almost every day uh, and I had a, quite a reliance on Ventolin spray, which was quite a, um, a mental kind of reliance on it, uh, as well as physiological, like I would experience asthma symptoms So that was just profound to me, having been working in the medical field for such a long time and only thinking of the Western model of it's a disease, you're born with it or your genes are prone to it. Or I did know, though, on some level that stress was a factor for for my asthma in particular, and I'd say this with the absolute conviction that this is for me this was my story about asthma or a chronic health condition and don't actually expect other people to have the same experience so I just want to add that in there but yeah from my nursing and medical background you know I used to teach medical students nothing like this was ever taught or said or educated like if only we could shout from the rooftops or if only I could shout from the rooftop, which I try to do to anyone who will listen, about the absolute effect on our whole physiology when our emotions are suppressed or when we don't get to complete what I call survival energy. So say at the time it wasn't a safe space to cry or it wasn't a safe space to express your emotions or feelings or there wasn't enough time to kind of integrate an experience which is all kind of what trauma actually is either big t or little t mini traumas I think Aletha calls them now Uh, if we don't 
kind of finish and complete some of that energy in our bodies in various ways, and there's so many different ways we can use, then they are either going to accumulate or they will, can show up in our bodies as disease processes or uh, even accidents or mistakes or things like that. So given that the reparenting myself part, given that I had a lot of support, I, I had a mentor and somebody who did somatic experiencing therapy with me for many years, which I'm not anymore receiving that therapy, but I that reparenting process was particularly the practitioner I had she was also a wear parenting instructor. She doesn't actually practice somatic experiencing as a practitioner at the moment anymore. But that journey I had with that person was a beautiful way to reparent myself because I received unconditional love. I received nervous system balance and what is termed co-regulation in a nervous system perspective, you kind of have a bit of a a leg up with aware parenting, I believe, in terms of nervous system education and language because kind of the more brainiacs and the neurologists of the world, this is my perception, by the way, think that nervous system regulation is all about being calm only and they, you know, they're like, oh, if you're heading out of your window of tolerance, that's terrible. You must come back to within a window of tolerance and stay calm as you can and tone the vagus nerve as much as you can and I actually see that we have an advantage in, in respect to knowing that the body often needs to look like it's out of a window of tolerance, say with crying or rage or expression or verbal language or movements in the body when actually that's a healing process. And it's funny because Western medical doctors kind of know this at times. If there's someone's had a, like, for example, I know this person who had a brain cyst and after she had her operation, the post-op time, she was experiencing symptoms as though when it was growing. And the neurologist was saying, well, that's okay because that's the brain and the body healing. And I was like, well, it's just, it was interesting, but it was also frustrating. It was like, well, you can legitimize that. And yet we still have, at times I feel there's this missing link between acknowledging emotions as a form of healing as well. So that's just my little tangent there. Oh, that's a really interesting conversation as well. I think it's really, I get frustrated too sometimes that that, that central, that little piece seems to be missing so, so often from people. And that is, first of all, this understanding that we all experience stress and trauma and then what the impact is on our bodies, on our physiology of, of suppressing those feelings, both in terms of, like you say, the, the impact on our behavior and also on our things like disease and so on. But then this real understanding that we get from aware parenting is this healing process that is a natural mechanism that we will and our children will use when we are supported to do so is often really messy and loud and there is lots of movement. And that if you try to calm people down or calm our children down or calm yourself down prematurely, then you're, you're actually denying that natural process to find its its own end and therefore for the full real healing to happen. And I loved what you were saying about your understanding from uh, getting into aware parenting and receiving listening from your listening partner and then observing yourself 
well, first of all, understanding that crying is healing and then modifying your beliefs around all that, but then observing yourself after those processes and being able to see what a powerful impact it was having on you, both emotionally and physiologically, and then talking about it, you know, healing your asthma, for example. I mean, it's it's really, really powerful and it's it's so simple and it's really frustrating often for me that it's so misunderstood so often and mm. that we have this uh, attitude in our culture that seems so deeply ingrained that the best thing that we can do if somebody is crying is to stop them crying yeah it is it is frustrating and i'm also encouraged to by the likes of people like stephen porges who has written yeah. polyvagal theory and also Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate, um, whose new book, The Myth of Normal, is out now. But I found so much awe again at his book, When the Body Says No, particularly too because of my experience with pe- people and patients as a nurse and what I had observed and often those who had had a really traumatic upbringing or lots of unfortunate either socioeconomic background or lots of stress and trauma in their life ended up with disease processes that their body was saying no. And I I love, I've just listened to loads of his latest podcasts and the compassion and the care that he has to explain it in a way of not blaming anyone, just in a way of like humanity is such at a time now that we're finally linking old science with new science and we're realizing that oh hang on our society you know in a western sense is abnormal actually our culture and culture being too like in a petri dish what either cells or things grow in we are growing in a culture and if we can change that culture it will directly change us as well so this I love the exchange and the, the the macro perspective reflected back in the micro perspective of like if I can change me and my family, which mm. is actually like a top priority of mine, particularly the last five years or seven years really since having my firstborn, then I see the change in the world as well. So I love that kind of encouragement and hope and I, I think too, I see it a lot on social media and stuff because I follow that. So it seems to me like, oh, everybody knows this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is nice, but then I do come across reality. <laughs> yeah. There does seem to be a shift though. There does seem to be an increase yeah. in the understanding of that. And yeah, I'm I also love both of those uh, writers and their work. And I I love one of Gabor Mate's books that he wrote with Gordon Newfeld, Hold On to Your Kids was one of my favourite favorite books when the children were little. So can you talk a little bit about how aware parenting, is, the experience of aware parenting in your family, like what you found to be particularly wonderful and helpful with your children or what you found challenging in, in using this approach in your family? Yes, definitely. I think for my family, we had a significant kind of stressor. Two and a half years ago, I separated from the children's dad and we co-parent the children 50-50 each and that was a huge change and in lots of ways that really opened up enormous shifts in me and my identity and my beliefs every single you know I guess identity being at the top of a pyramid and then every single thing shifted under that because my identity changed from and this was kind of a belief thing too, but I held so much value and prioritised parenting 
Yet then I didn't have my kids 50% of the time. And it was a huge kind of surprise and shock. And also it was a huge way to create space and self-care and resource, even despite it was during COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. So I had to be creative with my resourcing and connections for myself. So I feel like that's quite a unique factor that we've plugged into our wear parenting journey and attachment play has been one of my I think I'm quite fortunate to be a playful person a lot of the time and you know at times when I watch Bluey I feel like I'm the dad and you know how he's like a bit more playful and a bit more willing to um, just muck around and be nonsensical and stupid or silly so yeah attachment play has been life-giving and such an exchange and paramount in our aware parenting journey. Yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? It's such a powerful aspect of aware parenting. It's just incredibly helpful. Can you think of some specific examples recently, perhaps, where you've used attachment play with your children that's been amazing? Yeah, I, I mean, every day. So we we might jump on the trampoline all together and play sleep pile so they all pile on top of me which is actually like really quite good because I get to lay down (laughs) I just have to block the blows you know like I have to have ninja skills and expand my awareness because yeah at times there can be some low blows or some tests coming in Uh, so we do I do do quite a lot at the moment particularly too with my son who's seven I do quite a lot of roughhousing and wrestling he invites me to a lot of the time you know I might get a tap or a bit of a longer or harder tap of him I feel like that's him communicating to me mum I need to feel you and I need to feel me and I take that as an opportunity to like whiz him around or for neurovestibular balance or I'll ask him as well what he wants but either hug him squeeze him he'll drop to the ground and then he'll want me to squeeze his head with my knees and just we have like these patterns and these games that just emerge or uh, give them a piggyback or yeah I feel quite fortunate physically to be able to do those type of things as well like thankfully I can you know jump on the trampoline or piggyback them or lift them up and I might do a fair bit of grunting and moaning but I enjoy it too because I feel my body I feel my proprioception I feel where my boundary begins and ends and you know it's skin to skin and oxytocin building and funny and fun this is also given if I have the capacity which not I don't all the time have the capacity ps like (laughs) sometimes I'm just not in the mood or got suppressed feelings or accumulated feelings myself under the surface of like no way I'm going to do that because I've learned that I'll either get hurt or I'll hurt them accidentally or it just won't gel but I do there's an edge to that as well because at times I might be able to request that we bring it down or do something slightly different that will then suit my nervous system sort of senses at that time and then adapt and weave in what we can so Lots of wrestling, lots of laughter. I'm very, very comfortable with my kids expressing themselves verbally. We have a lot of laughter about swearing and toilet humour and, I mean, the toilet humour thing, like, oh, my God, it does frustrate me, (laughs) all the poop talk and the bum talk and stuff. But they're also learning about their bodies, which I really appreciate and I like to use correct terminology. So we had a 
riotous laugh about the rectum the other night. Like we all <laughs> <were> just <laughs> laughing and laughing at my explanation of what that was. So yeah, lots of lots of roughhousing and um, sensory proprioception at the moment. Oh, it sounds so nice. I love that. And I loved how you were talking about him inviting you. And that's mm. often it, isn't it? That it's more about mm. us being aware of their invitations to play. Um, mm-hmm. as being, that's such a crucial place to start. And yes, lots of pleasure, lots of laughter, lots of enjoyment. And yeah, all the swearing and the toilet humor. And that carries on. I had a hilarious laughing session with my 19 year old the other day about fart jokes. So that's, <laughs> I don't think that ever ends. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> But I love I love your perspective, how you're bringing in all those other elements to what's going on in play, because often with aware parenting, we're really focusing on the connection, connection aspect and on the the specific healing feelings aspect of, of either power reversal or the laughter. But I really am interested by what you're saying about the oxytocin and, and the balance and proprioception and those other things that I've never really considered before in terms of the value of attachment play for them. That's really interesting. Is there anything else you want to say about that? Yeah, I guess from a sensory sort of perspective, which I haven't done that much study on it, just from things that I observe myself, what I like to do, sometimes I like to feel things with my hands, like sand in my hands, sensory type of stuff, or music or dancing. I find dancing for me really gets my body grounded and makes me feel like I am here, I am present, I am a body that is moving. I don't know if this makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I feel like I can see that in my children as well, you know, be it we're dancing or roughhousing or listening to music has been another one, another big one. So I'm, I've just finished some training in uh, the safe and sound protocol listening time or listening therapy. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. It's mm. uh, written by Stephen Porges. And it's a listening modality that you listen to specifically specifically changed music that changes your eardrums or the muscles in your inner ear actually to pick up high frequency sounds of safety. So things like the voice prosody, you can hear better, and it actually means that as a child or an adult, you're picking up cues of safety via the auditory system rather than unconsciously picking up cues of danger so a lot of the time if our eardrum or our inner ear has been damaged or we've had stress and trauma which I would tip that is most of us in our culture and society our ear muscles can be either weakened or they just don't pick up that it's vocal prosody is the main one but don't pick up the higher higher frequencies of sound that then tell our nervous system that we're safe so Mm. music has always been something that I've really appreciated and found safety in my body and this training and I've done I've done the um we call it the SSP I've done it numerous times over the last three years and I've just finished the training for it now so I'm hoping to guide and support people with that as well and I've also guided my children through it as well and seen beautiful amazing effects and it it's just added another layer of sensory awareness and sensory gratitude for things like the auditory system or things like felt sense, touch, tactile, even kinesthetic emotions and feelings as well. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's really interesting. And I'm thinking that it's, I spoke to Aletha recently on the podcast and she was talking about um, the crucial thing with supporting our children to access these innate healing mechanisms that we have 
is creating this emotional safety. So that's interesting to hear about other ways of adding to that process by sort of reprogramming through, you know, what's going on in our auditory system or our other senses. That sounds really interesting. Are there things that you found difficult about aware parenting or things that you found particularly challenging to implement in your family or moments that you've had that you can remember which were tough to, tough yeah. to be? Yeah, absolutely. I think because I kind of went zoop, 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 when I first read about it and heard about it, I had such excitement and like fever about wanting to share it with people and I was so passionate like immediately and at times that probably wasn't attuned to the various people I was talking to uh, so that meant some relationship struggles and I also feel like I had a my teenage years came out when I started aware parenting and a lot of suppressed rage and anger and uncomfortable even shame which shame and I am best buds now I appreciate her and see her for what she is and she's not coupled with loads of other things now so she can she can come and she can pass through and I can get supported or resourced with with her oh gosh yes relationships hands down were very difficult to navigate for quite a long time and even in my family of origin so my identical twin sister and I we are so grateful for each other she started aware parenting as well so we have we've got like a lifelong listening partnership but we've also got uh, shared values and similar experiences with our children and when we get together you know our embodied children are just like delightful and also like scary <laughs> you know so much emotion and so much embodiment and expression and sometimes it's quite like hard to manage it but we do. Yeah. And, you know, probably too, my husband of the time. So my children's dad, he wasn't as into it as I was. And he just had a different perspective and he had a different upbringing as well. And I can see that a lot clearer now. And we're on okay terms at the moment. Like we share the kids and we um, do what we need to do to try and make our the relationship that we have now the best for our kids and that can be that can still be challenging at times yeah so I'd say relationships was the thing and also because some of these emotions were suppressed for so long like I was such a good girl like I definitely had a teenage hood come up when I was like 35 36 for a few years (laughs) and they were strong and they were not easily recognizable and they were untamed and a little bit feral at times and that was also challenging and tricky but I'm so so grateful for like my support team like I did loads of Marion Rose's courses and Lael's immersions and my mentor of the time as I said she was like integral in the unconditional love and the nervous system education that helped me helped take the attachment too, like perhaps if I had shame or embarrassment about how I acted or how I reacted or what was happening in my body, even if it was freeze or dissociation or fawn, knowing the nervous system education stuff, knowing that that is a human thing, it's a mammalian thing to adapt to your environment and you do the best you can with the perception of whether you need to survive or not. But just like, again, I get tingles and shivers through my body at how incredibly freeing and 
helpful that is to then not keep going, oh, I shouldn't have done that. For me, it stops the positive feedback cycle of that never any guilt still, and I can logically make sense of it. And also with the somatic stuff, I can put it in my body or complete it from my body and then way more peace about that type of thing. Yeah, I love that sense of liberation that you get from from knowing these things. And I also really love that normalising the the need that we all have in practising aware parenting, in getting support from aware parenting instructors, from getting guidance and from, yeah, I guess the support is the word, from people who and doing courses and reading books and, and all of that stuff. It's so important. We can't just... Uh, apply these principles to our families without that and yeah. I think it's it was so crucial for me too and uh, you know I had lots of sessions with Marion and I've done lots of her courses and I had sessions with Elisa too and mm-hmm. it's just it was so crucial for for me to be able to really practice this in my family we can't just sort of you know listen to a podcast and then do aware parenting it's like this ongoing process of support and uncovering more layers and then making sense of all of that and and then applying these things and having uh, challenges come up with our children and then exploring ways to address that and I love the sense of you doing that with your aware parenting identical twin I think that must be incredible and amazing to have that relationship and that that this extra layer to your connection must be really really touching and beautiful that sounds amazing yeah, it is. And I, I also to recognize, like, I even feel like podcasts, hearing like your podcasts and the Aware Parenting podcast and all the beautiful other podcasts popping up with wonderful Aware Parenting instructors and various people, like, I actually find that that creates community for me mm-hmm. and a sense of belonging, like a deep sense of belonging of like, you know, people talk about authenticity. Well, have a listen to these podcasts. People bear their beautiful souls and talk about either the rage or the shame or the guilt or the grief as well as the joy, the bliss, the pleasure, the connection. And that's so thrilling to me. That's so exciting. And it, it, yeah. it creates such a sense of community. Even though I've never like I don't know, I haven't met in person a lot of, you know, I haven't met you, Joss, but I, I've met a couple of other instructors and people, but it does really feel like a sense of belonging in my in my body and that's so lovely yeah absolutely and I'm really really passionate about trying to share really authentically with people to the 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 joys as well as the challenges and that we all face this and I really find it so helpful to I found it really helpful in the early days to not be thinking that there's some way of doing aware parenting and if I'm not doing that then I'm somehow not doing it right or I'm failing (laughs) or any of those things that you know this is just a a complicated dance that we have with our Mm -hmm. children and with ourselves and sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong and when we get it wrong that's okay too because that supports us to have this beautiful rewind opportunities that actually strengthen and deepen our connection and our relationship and that's such a huge part of it but yeah, I think it's so lovely that there are lots of conversations going on with people who are really sharing really, really mm-hmm. about the experience of doing this in our families and, and the things that are the things that are tough, as well as the things that are joyous and, and beautiful about it all. Yeah. Is there something that you really wish people understood clearly that you might like to share that you think is missing or that 
needs clarification or only to repeat what I've already spoken on which is that any reactions or actions that we take or have do say be uh, all our nervous systems are there to protect us first and foremost but they're also there you know we have the wonderful social engagement nervous system which is part of the parasympathetic nervous system and part of the vagus nerve that means that we find deep connection so marvelous and so heartwarming we you know so we we have these other things like freeze or flight and flight sure yes they may come up, they will come up usually actually because we're human. We we can find resources and tools and ways that we can either complete them or manage them or work with them. And then we have these other things that our bodies are primed for. Like it's like attachment parenting, but we can have that with each other as adults and other children and children to children and, you know, adults to children, any age group from from when they're born we have all these senses, all these magnetic fields around us. Our bodies are primed for it and that's just so exciting to me as well as knowing the other things about our nervous system, the other ways that we can heal from stress and trauma, given that aware, aware parenting is basically based all around that. I just find it all just thrilling and exciting and encourage anyone to check it out more. Mm, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And if you were going to go back and say to the younger you at the beginning of the process of raising your children, something that you know now and deeply feel, what would you like to, what would you like her to know? What do you wish you'd known? Or what would you like young parents to really understand? Hmm. I've done this a little bit in listening time. And I love like quantum sort of space-time stuff, like if you repair it now, you kind of repair it in the past as well, that kind of thing. I, I bloody love that sort of stuff. So I'm often super gentle and attuned to my past self in terms of probably more like a motherly listening, you know, like what Marion calls in a loving mother, like I'm right here, I hear you, things will all work out okay. I can hear it in my voice. All will be well. You will find your way through this. Basically what I anchor to when I'm listening to either an adult or a child in distress or crying or expression, I anchor to I know that you'll move through this. I know that your intuition will kick in. I know that you'll find resources that are attuned to you, that are aligned for you, and be excited for the breadth and depth of connection and joy and bliss you will feel in your life because it's phenomenal and nothing that you could ever have dreamed of. Mm. Yum. That sounds so nice. <laughs> so nice. That, yes, that's a really lovely message. So how can people find out more about you, Abby? Where where do you have your, you know, where do you, what do you offer and where can people find it? I am on Instagram under Abby Hartlove and I'm on Facebook under Abby Stanbrook. But soon, in the next few months, I'm changing my name. <laughs> so keep an eye out. I'll be um, changing my name to Abby L-E-L-L-E -L -L -E, and I've got a website coming 
um, and a whole host of exciting offers. And as I said, I'm offering support with the Safe and Sound protocol and, and that can be done remotely um, as well. People can just upload an app and get some headphones that are suited <clears throat> to the protocol and that is super exciting. That's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time and it's another resource and tool, a non-invasive tool as well I quite like in terms of that. Um, I also have my podcast called Somatic Seasons and, yeah, I think that's it for now. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'll put all those links in the show description anyway. And is there anything else that we haven't spoken about that you would love to just have a chance to say some more about or to speak of? I don't think so. I just really appreciate I got quite emotional just before talking to my younger self. I appreciate your space holding. I could really sense your um, attunement and listening and that just feels so delicious to me. So thank you very much, Joss, for your holding and your interest. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that stuff. I think it's so helpful for people to really feel this sense that we have so many opportunities to heal anything that comes up for us in our life. And we have all of these powerful ways that our body instinctively knows how to do it. We just need to get the support in place to be to do so. And then we can offer that to our children too. It's really, I love that sense of optimism about the future of mankind, actually, as a result of knowing these things. Yes. We're all going to be all right. We'll we'll make it through even better than what we could ever imagine. <laughs> yes, it's immensely powerful, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for making time to talk to us. It's a real pleasure to have spoken to you and I look forward to speaking to you again. Yes, thanks, Joss. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.